In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is risen. This is the 34th sermon in this series of sermons on the Sunday Epistle readings. Now that we are in the season of Pascha, following the resurrection of Christ, the first few readings are from the Acts of the Apostles, rather than the letters of the Apostles. In our reading today, we find something that is kind of strange, puzzling. says that the apostles were gathered in the upper room for fear of the Jews. Then they began to preach publicly. But it says something very strange. It says that None of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. In other words, the apostles were doing great miracles, doing mighty works among the people, but none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. So why is it that no one would join them? Well, it may have something to do with, ha with what happened just prior to this reading. We have the account of Ananias and Sapphira. <clears throat> These were two Christians in their community who sold a field and brought the money to the apostles, laid it at the feet of the apostles. Which was a good thing. And this was what the community was doing. They, out of love for each other, out of a radical obedience to Christ and love for Him, this new community was sharing all things in common, People were selling property, selling their goods, and sharing with the poor. And Ananias and Sapphira had did this. However, they had done this, but however, they lied about what they had sold the property for. They had sold it for a certain amount, then gave that money to the church, but then they lied about how much they had actually sold it for. They kept some back for themselves which they had every right to do, but they should not have lied about it. And both of them fell dead at the feet of Peter when they lied to him. Peter must have become a very intimidating figure after that. And that may explain why no one dared to join the ranks of the apostles. 
says later in this passage that many of the sick were being brought to the apostles and they brought them just, just so the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Now there is no doubt from Holy Scripture that Peter is a leader, is the leader of the apostles. Now, historically, there have been two approaches to this that are both extreme and incorrect. Roman Catholic Church, on one hand, claims this to be proof that Peter is the predecessor of the papacy, that institution by which the Pope of Rome reigns over the entire universal church, and sits in the place of Christ. On the other hand, the Protestants practice more of an egalitarian view where they emphasize the priesthood of the believers, that all of us are believers, all of us are priests, all of us have certain gifts, of course, which we do, but they do not recognize the authority of the priesthood. They certainly don't recognize the authority of the apostles as having any special gift beyond that of preaching and teaching. They ignore the Holy Scripture where the Lord appears to the apostles in, in the Gospel of John and enters into the upper room with them and breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whoever sins, you forgive, they are forgiven. Whoever sins, you retain, they are retained. Protestants have no clue what to do with that verse. And so for the most part, they simply skip right over it. The Orthodox Church, on the other hand, takes the middle path, which is quite often the case, we acknowledge that Peter is first among the apostles. He is first among equals. But we do not say that he alone has the authority to govern the church. Rather, that authority is entrusted to all of the apostles with him being first among equals. And we see evidence of this in the fact that in the first Council of the Church and the Council of Jerusalem. It was Bishop James, the brother of the Lord, who presided over the council rather than Peter. So Peter had a special grace given to him by God, and he was the leader of the twelve. And yet, no one dared join them. No one dared join them. Sometimes I think that we as the Orthodox Church worry too much about whether people will join us. We should worry more about being highly esteemed by those being, having integrity so that those around us, they may not be able to join us, but at least they would respect us. My children in Christ, we need to make sure that we hold true to the faith, that we do not succumb to social pressure, to political correctness, 
to all the other forces that would make us desire to be the kind of people that everybody else would want to join. It's not that we don't want people to come to the Orthodox Church. We want them to join us. We want them to receive the life and the light that we are receiving. But we don't want to compromise on the Gospel and on the kind of lifestyle that we are called to as Christians. Especially in regards to how our society views human sexuality, the sin of cohabitation, the sin of homosexuality, all the other uh, unlegal, unlawful expressions of human sexuality. We need to stand strong in this regard. Perhaps some people will be put off by this, but that is not the point. If we cannot remain pure and free from these things, we will be of no help, of no life, no grace to the world around us. But if we can stand strong, if we can be consistent in ourselves, if we can avoid hypocrisy, if we can mercilessly persecute the hypocrisy in ourselves, then perhaps we will be a community that people will look at and say and, and feel maybe reluctant to join, and yet those who truly want to live that life and who desire that kind of holiness will be attracted to us and will come to us. So let us continue in the faith. Let us continue in this bright season of Pascha, of the resurrection of Christ. Let us live the faith, live the faith through prayer, fasting, almsgiving, and reading of the Holy Scripture, so that we can be a light to this world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is risen.